everyone, and welcome to Minute 2 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me again today is Jake Cluett of the Deep Blue Sea podcast and Life Versus Film. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Thank you, Rob. Hello again. We we had a fun time yesterday, and hopefully today we'll we'll have some more interesting things to discuss. Yeah, lots of dialogue to dig into today. Oh, lots. Well, last yesterday we had no dialogue, so today we have well, actually if you if you multiply it by zero, then it's still going to be zero. So, so I can't even say we have three times as many. We have three lines. <laughs> well, we can also we can actually we can solve a mystery from from, from yesterday's yes. minute, which we'll get to. That's yeah. true. All right. Well, minute two starts with Neil looking at his plane ticket and ends with John anticipating an answer. <laughs> oh, like just watching this minute because uh, you you you. Uh, you've kindly separated the video out into minute chunks for me to to w- watch, and I'm just watching. I think, okay, it's gonna say something. It's gonna say something. It's gonna say, oh, that's the end of the minute. It's, it's even more frustrating for me than it is for them. I think I'm just waiting for. He's gonna say something. We can talk about. Oh no, ah, tomorrow. No, but you, you. I, I also sent you the 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 dialogue, so you know you have the captions, so you know already from that. I, but I, I watched the the minute first. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, so this minute basically starts off with Neil looking at his watch. And then, oh, well, he was looking at his watch yesterday, and now he looks at his, his partner. We don't really know what their, their business connection is. John, who's played by uh, Lyman Ward. Ferris Bueller's who I still I still believe that, that this is meant to be, you know, something within the John Hughes universe that it is supposed to be Ferris Bueller's father. But unfortunately, in this movie, he's known as John, and in that movie, he's known as Tom. It's it's this is Tom's so, brother. Uh, could be. So it's it's, it's Ferris's uncle. Ferris Bueller's yeah. uncle. There you go. That's a good. That uh, there you go. I didn't even think about that. Lyman Ward has actually been in. He has sixty-seven acting credits on in TV shows and thirty-two in movies, and including that, he has three john hughes credits once again yesterday we talked about william windham having three john hughes credits so here we have another three and these three are she's having a baby ferris bueller's day off surprisingly and this movie yeah planes change in a movie and he's also in a nightmare on street 2 and i don't remember street 4 directed by Rennie harlan director of deep we see it's all connected mm-hmm. there you go it is completely all connected, and we haven't even started talking about Kevin Blake and how he's connected. Yeah, everything. To so, <laughs> never done a ready Hollywood. Well, he though. actually connects everyone in this yeah. movie. He's, you know, spoiler alert. He's going to connect everyone in this movie. So, basically, he leans over to his to 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 John and whispers, "I gotta go. I gotta go." And th- John doesn't really hear him very well and says, "What?" <laughs> and he says, "I gotta catch a plane." So it's interesting that, that, you know, he's in the middle of his meeting and he's whispering to someone across a table. You know, I've, I've been in meetings. You can, you can possibly whisper to someone next to you, but to, to talk to someone across the table from well, you. It is a huge room. They're, they're like 20 feet away from the boss. So I'm... They're 20 feet away from the boss, but it's, I'm assuming the acoustics there, you're going to be able to hear anything that's being said there. Maybe. It's, it's an oddly shaped room. None of the walls seem to be yes. uh, like right angles to each other. And there's... Enough stuff dotted around. I think it would it would cloud the echoes. And he's like the boss is in this little antechamber at the end between behind archways. So I feel like right. it, was, it was a reasonable risk to make the whisper. Right. Well, he does that, and then the you know the 
uh, Bryant actually looks up and looks at them at that time. So apparently he did hear them. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and then it, it, uh, it disrupted his <laughs> chain of thought from saying nothing. Thinking exactly. Nothing. And then he pulls out his, his, his plane ticket and starts looking at it. And I love the way that they, they just highlight his flight. Yeah. It's like the bit you with know, the key in, that, in the Hitchcock film. Uh, like, yeah. Yes. I can't remember which one that is. Correct. So it, it basically says that, that the, he, his flight is leaving New York JFK at 6 p.m. And it arrives at in O'Hare in Chicago at 6.45. So most people will look at that and say, what? It's only a four-minute, five-minute plane, plane trip, but it actually is an hour yes. and 45 minutes because of the time zone change. Stupid time zones. Yeah, I hate exactly. Them. Now, what, what's, <laughs> what's interesting is is that that I, I looked it up. First of all, I, I grew up in Detroit, so I knew that flying from New York to Detroit was about an hour and 40 minutes. So I said, okay, another five minutes to Chicago. That's, that's a little interesting. And then I, I actually looked it up to see how long it supposedly takes to fly. And it actually takes two hours now if you want to fly huh. from New York to Chicago. That's the essential – that's that's the supposed time that it takes. Now, what's even more interesting is that if you look at flights from LaGuardia, which is also in New York – that takes five minutes less than it takes from Kennedy. So you have two different, you know, airports in the New York area, and there's a five-minute discrepancy between the flying time from those airports to Chicago. So I found that a little bit interesting. Yeah, fair enough. There's also like a very strange ad on the on on the the ticket itself. Did you, did oh, you notice the, that there's uh, an the, ad there? Um, Marino's Easy Go. Yeah. yeah. Which which I looked it up and I couldn't find no, anything thanks. as to what Marina's Easy Go is. It sounds it. I mean, they make it sound like it's a place that you can go sailing, or something like. I think they mentioned the word sailing in there. Uh, yeah, there's like uh, up to five hundred dollars off on some sailings, and something is missing. Then for booking, Marino's Easy Go. Uh, so yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's he's supposed to be in seat zero three G. Yes, which we'll talk about in in I think next week. We'll we'll get to that, or maybe in two weeks. No, I think it's next week. So, and obviously, because he's in row number three, it means he's in first class. Yes, but so that already says a lot about him, about the way he travels and things like does, that. Which, I, yeah, I think we could assume that about him. Uh, but so he's the plane leaves at six p.m. and it's as we established yesterday, it's four forty-five. Uh, so yes. today he would have no <laughs> chance of making this flight because he got to go through all of the security checks in eighty-seven. Much That's more chance of making it, but he still only has. If he were to like be outside the building at the click of his fingers, an hour and fifteen minutes to get the make the flight. Just looking at Google Maps for General Motors to JFK Airport, you can drive it in twenty nine minutes at the moment, which is with very little traffic. I I dread to think <laughs> the amount of traffic that there would be two days before Thanksgiving, everyone leaving at the same time. So no, <laughs> he has no chance. Even if he got a taxi. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember what it was like flying before before 9-11. So you could get there a lot closer to when the flight was taking off, but not not as close as he's trying to cut it. There's no question about that. that that's just too it's, much. It's about 16 miles, according to Google Maps, as, as the car drives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So seated around this, this huge conference table, we have five people sitting around the conference table. There's four men and a woman, 
So basically you have Steve Martin, or you have Neil and John, and then three unnamed people that are sitting around this conference table. They're all looking in the direction of the boss who's sitting on a raised platform area. And there's another lady up. There's also, yeah. right, there's either a stenographer or a secretary or something taking notes on the side yeah. there. And what I noticed was really interesting is there are actually two fireplaces in this office. <laughs> Who the hell needs a fireplace in their office? <laughs> this guy, apparently. even in 1987. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a huge I mean, office even with if no he's furniture on the 50th in it, so it's getting very cold. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe even if he's on the 50th floor, he's on the top floor. You know, you have to also have a place where where all the smoke from the fireplace can can go out somewhere. You have to have some sort of chimney. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, it's a little strange. But okay, it is unusual. But because uh, uh, yesterday I was, I was hypothesizing what the folded blue thing was on his desk. It's an ashtray. You can see it now. This is ah, the eighties. Okay. You could it's smoke it. Very large ashtray. <laughs> it was allowed. Yes, we get a lot of smoking in this movie. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and I think he's got a, a, some kind of pipe on his desk. It could be something else, but it looks pipe esque on on his left. Well, like a, you think it's a, you think it's a, a sheesh pipe? I was thinking more like a calabash, like a Sherlock Holmes kind of thing, uh, but. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, it could, I mean, it, it could just be something else. I don't know. But he's got it's, it's definitely an ashtray. There's nothing in it. No one in this office seems to be smoking. But that's that's solved yesterday's mystery. There you go. Mystery solved. There you go. No, but it's, it's just it's amazing how big this office it is. is. And it's got three huge windows behind him. Yeah, and, and just the, you know. and I know, I've mentioned it, the shape of it. It's such an odd shape. And it, it has to go around the the two fireplaces. But even still, it's just such yeah. a bizarre. It's like a torso shape kind of thing. It's weird. Yeah, very weird. So basically, at this point, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Bryant actually sees the or hears the two of them talking or whatever, and looks over at them. And at this point, Neil takes takes the the ticket and puts it in his pocket. He looks as if he's like been caught. So it, it, it's fun looking at that. You know, the, he's like, "Oops, I got caught." And then Bryant looks extremely exhausted, starts rubbing his eyes. And puts his puts his hand in, uh, uh, in front of his mouth, trying to make a decision. And we actually get a shot of three more ads, or all three yeah. ads, on the, the the table, which, as as we mentioned yesterday, none of them are really impressive. <laughs> yeah, there's no information on any from of them. What we can see. The one we saw yesterday had four lipsticks on. The one on on Brad's left has has just three. So one of them didn't make the cut. Can't really make. Right. We can't really see much of the one in front of him other than it's got a, a, a model pose upside down. Uh, yeah, right. none of them. They're not great. But, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I love how he's he's beginning to give an answer and then he stops. Oh, I hated it. And everyone in the room <laughs> everyone in the room is, is 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 on pins and needles waiting for him to give his decision to, to tell them his answer. And then, once again, he, like, huffs and puffs. And then we get a, a very close-up shot of John looking at him, hoping to hear some sort of answer. And then the minute yeah, ends. It sits in infuriating. <laughs> Once again, not much happened this, this whole minute. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, that the minute itself feels a little too drawn out, which which is pretty funny because, I mean, you have a 93-minute movie that was cut down from a almost four-hour movie. And they still kept this in an entire minute of this. But I think part of the whole idea here is to raise the tension. Yeah. You know, to show why 
you know, it's raising the tension both of Neil and of us, the the viewers, as we're watching right. it, because we're sitting there watching him and going, "Whoa, when is he going to be?" We we know he's got. We we know how much time he has. We don't necessarily know how far it is to the airport. You know, not everyone's going to have Google open when they're watching it, but still, you know that that he's on his way to catch a plane in a little over an hour. Yeah, Neil's going to go through so, a pretty frustrating time over the next couple of days, and this yeah. just he's he's starting out. At peak frustration, so like minute yes. one of the minute two of the film, he's already like as frustrated as you could possibly get, and it's only going to ramp up from there. So it's it's setting him up. He's already set to eleven. Correct. What's what's interesting is that if you look at all the other people in the room, none of them, including John, are as tense. Well, we'll, we'll get into as that Neil is here tomorrow. I think as to why that is. Right. Uh, they're all sensible people. <laughs> <laughs> They they have plus experience with what's possible on this day at this time. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Which make, makes me think. Well, tomorrow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we can get to that tomorrow. So, you have anything else you want to say about this minute? Uh, no, I don't. This is a, a relatively quick minute. Yeah, light. Right. Okay. So, as I mentioned, every day I'm going to be talking also about differences in the script in the original shooting script. So there are a few changes here obviously first of all they they have a really really interesting description of neil in this in the script it says neil page a handsome urbane man impeccably dressed perfectly coiffed a successful man deeply in control of his life his eyes shift from the itinerary to the room so i i, I like that that type of description of him of who he is and it says a lot about this character yeah then after that it actually tells us that his partner, who's sitting next to him, not even across the table, he's sitting next to him. His name is John Dole, and he's an older man, right? So once again, it it proves that this is not Ferris Bueller's father, <laughs> <laughs> because his last name is not. He's maybe it's John Dole Bueller, Perhaps, there you go. Yeah. or maybe he changed his name because he doesn't want people to know. That he's related to Ferris Bueller. Maybe, maybe, but he maybe he's actually. Wait a second. Maybe it really is Ferris's father, but he's on a secret mission and decided that he is going to go in, under a top secret incognito name. Must be, and he couldn't quite do John Doe. That's too obvious, so he just changed it one little bit. Yeah, and, that's right. Just add an L. That's yeah, all you got to do. And Blyman Ward is four years older than Steve Martin, so they did keep in the older man, but just not not noticeably. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, again, we, we don't know if they're supposed to be colleagues, if one of them is supposed to be the boss. Yeah. Nothing. They, they don't give us very much information, not in the script, they were in, in the movie itself. So they, they actually mention in the script that this is an ad for lipstick, specifically, even though we were able to find that out. But it's something that, that's mentioned there. And they, they actually the boardroom is set up completely differently in the original script. In the boardroom, they ha in the script, they have... Neil and John on one side of the table. Then they have three male executives on the other side of the table. And then they have Bryant at the head of the table. So there's no secretary. And they somehow cut out the other woman that was supposed to be there also. So I guess when they were going through it, they decided that we should show a little bit more boardroom diversity here and bring a few females into the, into the shot. And they've got, like, Neil and John are so far away from the boss. Like, there's... 
there's empty chairs between them and the other people. Like they they could all be sat at one end of the table, but there's there's like three or there's four empty chairs between Steve Martin and the, and the other executives sat on the side of his table. He doesn't want to be in that room. He wants to be out. Like from the start of the yeah. meeting, as soon as he sat down, he was already he sat down in a position to leave. Like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, and the last thing that I love in, in, in from the script here is that it it characterizes both of these characters as two mimes in a hurry. Two mimes in a hurry. Because, yes, I'll I'll, I'll read I'll read that whole sentence. It says Neil is silently insisting that he has to leave. John is silently oh, stating that he <laughs> understands, but the matter is out of his hands. Two mimes in a hearty. The classic like white, painted white face, black and white top. Like trying to. Yeah, no, it's just it's two people that can't talk yeah, to get, one another, and they're using hand gestures to, to try to get at it. All right, so as I mentioned in every single one of these episodes, we are going to do a small segment known as off the beaten track where either myself or my guest will tell a short or perhaps long story about some kind of travel adventure or misadventure that they've experienced or that we've experienced. So, Jay, why don't you give us another one of your off-the-beaten-track stories? Yeah, well, they're in a, a work environment, so I picked a work trip to talk about on this one, where uh, the job that I'm at, the design job, I've been to, I've been fortunate enough to go to China twice with my work. The first time I went with my, uh, the, the, C, the, the MD of the company, and his wife, uh, we went to Hong Kong and China to visit a few suppliers. And when I went with them, uh, we arrived in Hong Kong and then took this this nice stretch limo for the three of us to our hotel that we were staying at in, in China. And then a few years later, I had to go just on my own. And when I went on my own, didn't get a limo. I wasn't allowed to get a limo. I, I wasn't allowed to get a taxi. I had to take <laughs> the subway, uh, the, the underground train, with two giant suitcases and a backpack wasn't until I got on the subway that I discovered that you're not allowed to take more than one bag uh, per person because it's there's a lot of people in China. I don't know if you know that. Uh, <laughs> we were staying in the... Uh, the in- a few billion, yeah, isn't there's, there? there's quite <laughs> a lot. And in the industrial area of Shenzhen, which is where I was, I was staying, uh, many, many, many people. But no one stopped me. I had no idea where I was going because I, I printed out instructions sent to me by the people we were visiting in China as to which directions to take, what signs to look out for. I don't speak any kind of Mandarin at all. And I had to use all of the machines in the underground to get places. Fortunately, no mishaps at all. I managed to get where I was going. Uh, but wow. it, it's a miracle. I have no... Do you see it would make a really bad movie because everything happened, everything worked it out perfectly. But it, it's, it's the two weeks I spent there, I, it was amongst the worst two weeks of my entire life. Uh, because I basically had to live in a hotel room. It was a nice hotel room, but I had to live in the hotel room all the time because I had to be in constant contact with the factory I was visiting, my company back home, uh, and the other people in the UK, all on different timescales. Uh, the only place anyone could get contact with me was in the hotel room. So I basically was in lockdown for two weeks, just in this small room. And so it was preparing you for COVID? It was, uh, which was not uh, <laughs> welcome. It was unpleasant. I hated it. And it was <laughs> some of my lowest moments were during that that two week period that I don't like to think about. Uh, but it was it was awful. But during that time, the company that I was visiting took me out. They knew that I liked films, so they took me out to the cinema for for one trip. And we went to see uh, the the Idris Elba Richard Madden film uh, Bastille Day. It was called then. It's since had a, a rebranding. I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, but unfortunately, that film takes place a lot of it is in France. 
which was in French and part of it in English. And I was singing it in China. Yeah, what the, what language they put the subtitles on in China? <laughs> they put them there in you go, a China. language I don't speak. So I had I had to basically kind of work out what was happening in the French bits. Uh, and I think I got it. It's not a great film. Uh, Bastille Days. Right. It's called it's called The Take. The Take, yes, the take. that's right. It's a really, really innocuous could be any film you're talking about at all. Uh, and people yeah. people don't need to watch it. But yeah, uh, going I don't have pleasant memories of visiting China. But then I've just been to uh, the like the Sheffield of China, the industrial place. I'm not sure what the American equivalent <laughs> would, would be. Would you go back? I mean, I, uh, no. <laughs> if I'm honest, not not to <laughs> Shenzhen. It's, it's like you're from Detroit. I think Shenzhen is kind of like the Detroit of of China, where it's just like the the business uh, factories rather than mm-hmm. a lot of natural. It, there, there's there's a couple of little theme parks there. The first time we went, one of the companies that we took took us to a little theme park, and then when I was there the second time, they took me to the theme park as well. But they thought I'd never been before, so I had to spend the whole time pretending I hadn't been. Uh, and wait, but it wasn't a fun wasn't a fun theme park. No, not really. It's it's kind of like Epcot, but without any of the good stuff, where it's just like little little <laughs> world zones here and there. Uh, but because I was <laughs> okay, I, I stood out a little bit because I've got um a, a, a big tool guy. <laughs> And I was wearing a suit, uh, and lots of random Chinese tourists were taking my picture, and just like following Ooh, us around, fun, fun, fun. thinking I was some kind of celebrity. I don't know, uh, just some kind of weirdo to be mocked. Uh, it was it wasn't a fun time, but I did try Korean barbecue for the first time whilst I was there, and Korean barbecue is delicious. So okay, Ooh. hey, you didn't even have to go to Korea for that. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, that's actually there's a Korean barbecue place near me here, like in in Bournemouth. That I haven't tried yet. I need to try them. Well, that, that's what, you know. Sometimes there's something if you just down the block that you don't go check. You have to go five thousand miles away to be able to check it out. <laughs> that's it. I'm in England. I've only ever drunk tea in China. There you go. So <laughs> I have I have tea in my house. I've never tried it, <laughs> but I've had it in China. There you go. So so that 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 famous saying of uh, I'll buy that for all the tea in China could work for you. <laughs> I didn't like it that much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wasn't a fan. I, I understand. I'm, I don't. I, I personally don't like hot drinks either, so I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But, but you should actually be very very thankful that that they took you to a movie theater that had in English language that it wasn't all dubbed, because there, yes, there are well, countries think, will that that only have dubbed movies. I don't think they would have been that cruel to take me somewhere to a language I didn't understand completely. Uh, I, I wanted it was the time when I think Storks was out, and I really wanted to see the film Storks because I'd heard good things. I wanted to see that, but the people I was with were like, that's a kid's film. Like, no, not good to see. No. So I, I like kids' films. Anyway, see, that's, so the, that's the advantage of having kids, Jay. Sorry. I, I, you know, I use that as an excuse sometimes to go see kids' movies. <laughs> I, I, mean, I went and saw Paddington 2 on my own. There you go. I, I was sat, <laughs> sat next to a family who were sat in the wrong order of, of like father, mother, child, child, me. So I was sat next to some strange person's child for Paddington <laughs> 2, looking like an utter creep. <laughs> but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Okay, that's important. Very important. All right, well, thank you for, the, for that for that story, Jay. Why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, my, my, my personal website is lifeversusfilm.com, life vs film, which is where I occasionally review films. It doesn't happen that often. But my main aim is to go through the the list of the 1001 movies you must see before you die and some other lists. Uh, the main thing I do on there is, is like a monthly update 
but now and then I do review other films as well. So that's my site, lifeversusfilm.com, and you can find me on Twitter at lifevsfilm or on Instagram at uh, jcluet, J-A-Y-C-L-U-I-T-T. All right, and you can go rate and review and subscribe on any podcatcher you might be using to listen to this show. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on my website by just looking for Movie Rob Minute. That's the simple way to do it. So we'll be back again tomorrow. You're f- You're f- <laughs> I have no tagline. <laughs> I gotta go. Why don't you once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Without barking. Once my dog's finished barking, I would love to. <laughs> That's probably my dinner has arrived. Uh, so just we'll give that a minute. <laughs>